Welcome to the Black Belt Podcast. This is episode 12. Quickly before I introduce today's guest, can everyone please make sure to like, share and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. So, today's guest is Magomed Nardinov. Magomed is an ITF Taekwondo World Champion, having won minus 70 kilo sparring at the 2019 World Championships in Germany. He also has many other medals across a number of disciplines. Today I chat to Magomed about his own success, his plans moving forward and martial arts in general. So, let's get into it. So how are you? I'm good. Stuck inside the, uh, during this Corona time. So. Yeah, is everything shut down in Norway as well? Yeah, everything. Uh, schools, some jobs, uh, no training, training halls, everything shut down. Yeah, when did that, when did that start over there? Uh, two weeks ago now, I think. Yeah, two well, and a half weeks. Yeah, we're into about week three, I think. Oh. You started so, earlier than us? Maybe a little bit. They kind of closed schools and colleges and stuff like that first, and then they um, then they kind of closed everything else and gyms and stuff maybe a week after that. Yeah. So, missing training. <laughs> yeah, me too. Been trained. Missing. I got a injuries i haven't been training for a while now as you can see i tear uh, my uh it's called my peck yeah i tore it off the bone <laughs> training nasty so, nasty yeah was that taekwondo training or gym or no it was just gym strength uh strength training in the weight room yeah bench press yeah actually <laughs> it was <laughs> was it yeah, wasn't mid lift or anything, was it? But uh, so you were you you were going to be out of euros, were you? Uh, well, that was the thing. I felt like the pot, and uh, I took like a week off and started getting better because I didn't think I like did it all the way off the bone, like the tendon and the muscle. And uh, I felt like I can punch again. And I couldn't do push-ups, but I felt like it was getting better. Then I got an MR, and it said it was torn off the bone, so I had to like get a surgery. And I got a surgery a week ago. And uh, the, yeah, but the Euros got cancelled. Well, so it was like ah, uh, yeah. So it kind of worked out. Gives you a chance to recover and heal up. Yeah. Was the surgery out like six months? But I don't think there will be any competitions for at least eight months, nine. Maybe in the next next time I'll be in a competition will be the nationals. That's November, is it? Yeah, it's November. Yeah. I feel like the World Cup might get cancelled as well. Yeah, I don't think the World Cup's gonna happen. I think it's gonna end up being cancelled. Yeah. It's a shame. I was looking forward to this World Cup. I heard like that every ITF organization could join. It wasn't only our ITF. Yeah, it was going to be open, which could have been cool, yeah. Yeah, a big one. They're, they're big enough anyway, so imagine then you open it up to those countries, how big it would be. Yeah. Or those organizations and countries. Hmm. I was curious to see how like the levels are at uh, the I- other ITFs. Yeah, because some of them have like different rules. You can only like punch... I think two two punches in a row and then you have to kick 
And then they had another one. They have sometimes another rule we have to spin. If you just attempt to spin, you get a point. Yeah. I've so. seen some like some highlight videos of uh, good Russian competitors from there, actually. Some yeah. minus seven. Uh, I know the guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, he's good, yeah. I thought, does he still compete? I don't know much about him if he still competes or whatever. But yeah, he's good. I think he's multiple time world champion. Yeah. I saw like a video there and it was like if the two best guys in ITF should compete, it was like this Russian guy in minus seven. 57 and uh, Julio in 63. Like, that was a dream matchup. <laughs> Could be interesting, yeah. Yeah. The different types, yeah. two different styles. So, how is it? Uh, like, your gyms or everything is closed, right? Everything is closed down, yeah. Nothing, nothing's gone. Yeah. No we, instructions uh, or nothing. No, we've been doing some. Uh, we've been putting out some bits online to try and keep uh, members yeah, I've seen that. engaged. But uh, but yeah, no, we closed right at the start. The first when the clo- when the schools closed, we closed yeah. as well, because um, we didn't think there was much point to staying open, especially if uh, if people weren't going to be coming along to the class. Then it's like, what's the point in being open if nobody's going to show up? Even so, it was like, well, we'll stay safe and just shut down. But yeah. we were, we were Does the online thing weeks, work? But, uh, I think it works a small bit like that just to keep keep uh, engaged with, with members you know like if you take two weeks off three weeks off and we don't know when it's going to end to not be in contact with any of your members isn't isn't great so it's a way to keep them active with some bit in Taekwondo and stay stay engaged yeah yeah I know I've started doing the same that they post different exercises you can do at home and stuff like that <laughs> Yeah, well, not the same as being there in person. Yeah. But um, so uh, how did how did you get started in taekwondo? Uh, I started in taekwondo when I was like, I think I was fourteen or thirteen. I think. So I think I started a bit late, considering yeah. like. Like most people start wearing like six now and five, so <laughs> some kids started three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I did like uh different sports before I started. I did uh like wrestling when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. like I'm from Chechnya, so it's like bound to happen. Like <laughs> that's the natural sport, I think. <laughs> like Khabib. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Then I, I didn't like go to gymnastics, but I did like gymnastics. Uh, like I learned myself how to do gymnastics because I was super interested in that for some reason. And I started doing Taekwondo at 13, 14 uh, here in Bergen. Uh, I think I was in the same class with Madeline. I think was I was I don't know I think so I think she uh, her and me was we both were in the same class when we started together but she was like a blue belt or something when I was a white belt I was gonna say she wasn't a black belt and you were a white belt or anything like that no it wasn't like that 
does people start like coming on going to European championships and world championships at 14 and you were only starting yeah I know but in like in Norway you don't allow, I don't think you're allowed to compete in you're not allowed to be on a national team and compete in the Euros or the Worlds until you're like 16 I think I think they changed it now to 15 okay yeah that could help so like I've said, I've said to a couple of people, like it's a big jump if you've just turned fourteen and you're against somebody who's who's eighteen, and it's your first Euros or Worlds, and the other person has four, or five, maybe even six tournaments behind them. It's like such a massive yeah. difference. Yeah, considering in our sport, like the experience is like the main thing. You need that. Yeah, yeah, like so. It's so big, like that. Saying as people keep saying, it's rare that you just walk onto the onto the floor of first championships and pick up a medal yeah well some do you have like wonder kids like uh vitali and stuff like that but yeah <laughs> and ryan ryan won, it, ryan won his first euros as well yeah shelly yeah i, I yeah. heard a story about him uh, like told richie told me it uh, in the, i talked to richie at open dutch like this year yeah, and he said like Ryan was standing. Uh, I think the first time Ryan was at a championship was when Richie won. Twenty ten, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Ryan was there. He was just like picture. standing there in a yeah red hoodie and observing. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Ryan's been on the was on the podcast. Uh, that episode will go out. Maybe it will go out tomorrow. But uh, he he talks about that as well. And Richie spoke about it as well when he was on the podcast. So um, about that picture. So I must. Just go and find a picture and post it. Yeah. So it's a cool picture. And now only MMA for him and Adam, right? Yeah, they're just doing MMA at the moment, yeah. But like that, their their gym is closed, so they're sitting at home like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> he he's a European champion as well, right, Ryan? Yeah, he won only he only won one senior. He only competed at one senior and he won it. And then he was, I think, three times junior European champion. Yeah, I saw the fight. Uh, I think it was against Timothy on YouTube. From from when? Uh, this year on. Oh, 2014, yeah. You see yeah, everything. I, I have been competing as much, but I've seen everything on YouTube. You see, I had, some, I had some catching up to do. Oh, I remember uh, me and uh, Espen uh, were like before each competition. Yeah, we like just search random names and see how they sparred because I I was new in the game and he wasn't. He had been. I don't think he has competed like that much. Uh, if you compare with like someone who has, I don't know, like. I don't know, competes like Timothy or something. But in Norway, we don't compete. I mean, we compete Euros, Worlds, and maybe one international championship. So, yeah. Is there many yeah, tournaments? Yeah, I remember. Like, we, around Norway, like throughout the year, like national tournaments? Yeah, we have the nationals, but it's like, I don't consider that, that like a uh, uh, huge competition. But, yeah. I suppose if you're uh, winning, it's not a big competition. 
Uh-huh. If you're winning it, it's not a big competition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> didn't mean to sound cocky, but like, <laughs> yeah. No, I consider it a big competition, like the World Cup, uh, World Euros, stuff like that. Yeah, the most important competitions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a we have a couple of competitions. Like you can have like three national tournaments, and then like you said, you have Euros, Worlds, World Cups, and then if yeah. you have to kind of go to Dutch Open or Open Dutch, Roma Open. To yeah, get like to that's the main thing. competition we go to usually, the uh, Dutch Open. Yeah, it's, it's very early in the year, though. Do you think? Yeah, like, it kind of is, but it's a good start. Just like jump into it. And uh, since Billy is our national coach, we have to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He makes that compulsory to get on the team, does he? Huh? He makes that compulsory. You have to go to the Open Dutch if you want to be on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he notices when you're there or not. So he lets you know. But it's a good competition. It's a... Pretty high class competition. A lot of good competitors compete there. Yeah, a lot of good divisions even this year. A lot of good divisions. And uh, so with that, with starting like into Taekwondo late, or late kind of relative to everybody else, did you compete much then as a color belt? I don't think so. I thought uh, uh, I thought of doing sparring when I was red belt. Or blue belt, I think. And we had like small national championships in like Bergen, the place I'm living right now. And only competed there and competed at the nationals uh, for the first time as red belt, I think. So, uh, how long did it take you to get to that? Huh? How long did it take you to get the black belt? Uh, six years, I think. Yeah. yeah. But that's the average, isn't it? Like six years? Yeah, it took me, took me six, five and a half, six years. Yeah. Some like, I have uh, students now who are like 12 years old and they have like black belt now, so. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's insane. In Ireland, you're not allowed to grade the black belt until you're at least 13. Oh, you have to wait, huh? Yeah, so it's kind of good then because, you know, you don't have too long to wait before you can go for the national team. Yeah. Oh. You have a very young national team now, don't you? The Ireland. I was the oldest one on the team this year. You were? Yeah, 25. So after uh, after Ireland, the World Championships in Dublin, I feel like a lot of good competitors just quit the team. Yeah. A new. Yeah. Uh, we had people who retired who were around like for a while, like Darren Smith and and Ross. They kind of they stepped away. Luke Woods they stepped away, and then Adam and Ryan went to to MMA. Uh, Colum stepped away. He's doing some MMA now as well. Um. So yeah, we were just left. It was like Hong stayed on, uh, Stephen Smolin was stayed on, and then uh, they've both stepped away since. So it left me as the the oldest guy. 
<laughs> You're not planning on stepping away, are you now? No, no. Nah. Gonna keep going. Uh, you to and Thomas. <laughs> me, me and Thomas, yeah. Well, like, Hong did 10 worlds and 10 euros. And I've done five worlds and 10 euros. So kind of see, could we, uh, how close could I get to, to catching him or, or, may, or maybe beating what he's, what he's done? 10 worlds? 10 world championships, yeah. That's insane. 20 years of competing. Uh, he retired as a champion, so it's pretty good for him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And um, it was kind of funny because after the Worlds in Germany, he had bronze and he was kind of saying, no, that's it, I'll, I'll step away. But uh, I had a chat with him at the, on the Sunday over uh, a dinner and a drink. And I kind of told him, no, Hong, you can't step away with 10 Worlds and 9 Euros. You have to go and uh, retire with 10 and 10. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I and then he I could see it in his eyes that he kind of went there was just something about that like ten worlds ten euros, hmm, maybe Smart six decision. Months. Yeah. So that, and then like, but I don't think he necessarily did it thinking he was like going to win or I think he just did it to you know compete the best he could go out like with the strongest way he could ten and ten and then yeah. obviously went and all the way like so yeah it's a pretty class way to go out. Hmm. Yeah, he's been on top for a long while now. But like he was like he's been on the team as long as I've been on the team. So this was gonna be the first year he pretty much wasn't. Yeah. But like that, it was kind of years you're like, Hong, are you going to retire now? Like this was back in nearly twenty thirteen. You were asking him, Hong, are you gonna are you gonna retire now? And he was like, Ah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll but and he just kept coming back and a year like seven seven years later he still he was still going. <laughs> But he's in good shape, I think. Like he trains a lot, so he's capable of sparring. So I don't see why he couldn't compete for so long. Yeah, and he changed. He's doing. Go on. He's doing uh, patterns as well, right? So. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He could do that. He didn't. He doesn't have to do sparring now. He could just do patterns. I don't think he wants to. He's a, he's a fighter at heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what age then were you when you came onto the national team? Uh, I think the first time was in Yeselo, in Italy. 2015. What was that, 2015? Yeah. Were you, you weren't yeah. junior, were you? No, I never competed as junior. Not even one? Uh, no, I don't think so. My first like championships was in Brighton. Okay, I was a yeah. senior then. Uh, the World Cup, yeah, I got destroyed in the first round, lost to some Polish guy. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, you, don't, you don't remember who he was, no? I feel like it's the pattern guy in third degree now, but. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> I don't totally uh, remember who he was. Marcin? Marcin Vernovsky? Yeah, I think it was him. Okay. But I'm not what? sure. You surely I don't remember. I know how old he is. You know everybody. You surely remember. Yeah, if I see a picture, I'll probably remember. <laughs> yeah, he's around, he's around ages, like years. Marcin. He's been, a, yeah, he's been on team for a while, hasn't he? Years. So it, it might he be him. For a long time. He was a first degree for a long time. 
Yeah. Yeah, he I got destroyed by him. <laughs> yeah, he came to he came to Ireland to do a seminar in our club and he was a first degree and I was about a green belt or a blue tag. And uh so like that's this was back nearly fifteen years ago. And uh I've since passed him out. I'm fourth degree and he, he's third degree. I passed him out on the grades. He just stayed first degree for so long. Yeah, but I don't feel like the uh, Polish competitors grade that often. Some of them have been like, uh, who's the Zyk, I think. He's still yeah. second degree. He might even be first degree. He might even be first degree. Or is he first degree? <laughs> Could be, uh, he's picked up a few medals in first degree patterns as far as I know. So unless he's graded since, but uh, like that, he's only recently graded. So yeah, first degree for years as well. The only like the competitor I think has been grading very fast is Camille. I think he's I think he's fourth degree now. Is he? I think so. And he's <laughs> twenty one, I think. Twenty two. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of young guys coming through up to fourth degree, myself yeah. included. <laughs> How long do you have to wait until they have, you can grade to five? Wait four years, so the December next year, twenty twenty one, I can grade to fifth degree. So, doing a master, Jamie. I'll, I'll have to. I'll. I'll probably have to wait quite a while before I can grade the masters because you have to be. You have to be forty. So, I'll definitely be. At yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. You have to have like an age limit before you can grade. Yeah, I think. I think you can get it. I think you can apply to the ITF to maybe get an exemption. Um, how often they they give them out? I, I, I don't. Do you like a lot of IICs and skip half a year each time? <laughs> I can't do that many IICs. <laughs> I've only done I've done one on an IIC and uh it's not the most they're not the most um enjoyable, should I say. Um it's okay. But uh the doing the, the pattern section drags on a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> so But and, is, and is there a rule in Ireland that if you do an IIC you skip like six months? That used to be a rule from the ITF, but I don't know if that's still the case. There was a change back, I think, about 2015-ish. So I don't know if it's still... It used to take six months, but I don't know if that's still the case. Oh. Yeah, that rule doesn't apply here in Norway. It doesn't, or it does? No, it doesn't. You have to wait regardless of IICs or not. (laughs) Yeah, so slows people down. Yeah. So first one. So first, just... yeah, go on. The first uh, uh, competition was in on the national team was in Yesolo. I lost in the who did I lose? I lost to uh, Jason Bin. You remember him from England? Yeah. 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 And yeah, we had a close fight. Uh, I lost in the extra round against him. I think he took bronze that championship. And yeah, he lost to Adam in the semi-final. Yeah. That was the time when uh, the reign of Shelly started. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. 
and the next champion was in Scotland, the Euros. Yeah. I lost to Rossi, Samuele Rossi. Yeah, yeah. He has been. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's doing Taekwondo anymore. I haven't seen him for a while on champion. I think that was the his champion. last one. Huh? I think that was his last championships, was it? Scotland. So he competed in Finland as well. Oh, that makes sense. But yeah, so that would be yeah. that would be the last one. Yeah, I think so. Maybe that was the last one. Did you find like after uh, twenty fifty in Jesolo, um Did you find it was an ex- kind of like an eye opener? You kind of saw like, all right, the standard is this is the standard that you have to get to to be able to win. Uh, it was more different than I thought. Like, I feel like before you could win just by being tough. Yeah. Like, just by being a fighter, you know? Like, just grinding through it all. But later, you have to be more tactical. It's more like a game. Yeah, you can survive on warnings and, like, jumping out of the ring, stuff like that. So, it's not just about fighting. So I adapted more to the stuff like being more tactical instead of fighting all the time because I got a lot of minus points for like hard contact. <laughs> got disqualified quite quite some time. So yeah, it helped me like become a better fighter by being more tactical. Yeah. Because uh, I think even like there, when I first came onto the team in Irish competitions, there wasn't um, you never really had a scoreboard. It was always like on the clickers, so you never knew during the match if you were winning or anything. So you just have to wait till yeah, the end, yeah. see what color they put up, and then the first time you go to a championships and you see that you see the score on the screen, and you start seeing like you get a warning and it flips the score. Like, but before you, yeah. you weren't used to, you weren't used to seeing that. You didn't really think that warnings affected the score because you couldn't see the score. But then like when you can actually see the score on the on the screen, it really makes you start to think like, oh well, I can't be picking up warnings, can't be picking up minus points. They actually do make a difference in the fight. Yeah. Well they sometimes I uh I don't want to say which championship, but they started wrestling doing the thing with the flags and the clickers because they never get the, like the computer stuff to work. Yeah. So like end up just Yeah. So yeah, that's a horrible uh, way to spar, like not knowing if you're leading or. Definitely changes it, yeah. Changes the, yeah. the tactics. It helps it. seeing who's leading and not. Well, it's like that, even. But what would you think about, like, the likes of um, MMA and boxing if they had open scoring like that? Yeah, I think that would be better, actually. Do you think so? Maybe, uh, like, yeah, I think it helps to see, like, let's say in MMA in the fifth round and you know you're down, like, three rounds and you, you either need a submission or a knockout, then you go all out to get the win. But you're, like, yeah. uncertain and you think, like, oh, maybe I'm winning two, maybe I'm winning three. I think... Yeah, but I think everybody looks at it like that, like that. Oh, the person who's losing is going to really push for the for the finish. But what about the person who's leading? If they start to change and just go, I'm just going to run away, then like it could completely spoil the fight. 
it would work really well if the person who was leading still wanted to kind of keep their game plan going and keep attacking. But if they're going to just run away and just spoil and, and not really engage in the fight, it could actually spoil it. Yeah. But isn't that a part of the fight game? Like, if you're winning, you should be able to, like, just not get hit and move and stuff like that. You don't yeah. always have to be in a clinch. Yeah, that's what I think what happened is you'd see guys just clinching on defense and just to waste the time on the... No, I'm not like... I'd like to see what it looked like because I, I think it will be interesting to to tr- try it out and see what happens. Yeah. Isn't like boxing and UFC or MMA the only like martial arts that don't have a live score? I think so, yeah. I yeah, because so. wrestling does and uh, karate does as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, jiu-jitsu does. Jiu-jitsu uh, does. All of those. Yeah. Actually, I suppose maybe like full contact kickboxing or in Muay Thai. Or you? Uh, no, like Muay Thai, they don't have open scoring. Yeah, uh, maybe it's like ring sports don't have live yeah, scores. So, yeah. Do contact Vaco have live scores? Full contact Vaco in a ring? I'm not sure. I think they might do, actually. I think they do. Yeah, I think they do. Because there's so many, they have to throw, I think, isn't there a rule they have to, they have to kick, like or throw so many kicks in a certain time so they can't just use their hands. Yeah. So I think, uh, so I think they, they see the score. So uh, after after uh, say twenty fifteen in Scotland, uh, you kind of you fought Adam a good few times. And after that, how many times did you fight against Adam? Uh, I fought Adam twice. Was only huh? It was only tw- for some reason. I thought like maybe you fought like, four times. I had it in my head you you competed against each other a bit more than twice. <laughs> No, I actually fought Adam twice. I think I fought him once in Finland. Uh, I met him in the first round. And the second time was in uh, Bulgaria, in Sofia. We met each other in the final. The final, yeah. That was good competition. Yeah. It was, uh, that was, uh, Maybe like, you're... Uh, I think Ludwig has met him a couple of times as well. Maybe you're just mixing us. Yeah, they, yeah, I've definitely seen him. Yeah, they have fought. They've fought, I'd say, four times. Yeah, they fought a lot. I think. Yeah, a lot of close matches as well. Yeah, Ludwig yeah. won once in Brighton, I think. Yeah, that was the first time. Yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah, quarterfinals. Uh, yeah. Shelley fought him. In the Liceona. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Sofia, Bulgaria, and the World Championships in Ireland. Yeah, so four times. Yeah, they're, they're very similar in style, aren't they? Because like, they have that long-range front leg. Yeah. Oh, I hate that style. <laughs> it's the style that goes well, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The front <laughs> leg style works every time. Like just doing psychic, psychic, psychics. Yeah, like it was. Um, I think do you know, like a, a junior, the way the divisions kind of does new people in the division all the time. So, so it's very hard, you know, like plan for who's going to be there. Like, you, especially as well, you have people moving up divisions more often. If you're tall and have a good front leg, so you probably do pretty okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I remember, uh, uh, I think Shelly was like, how tall is Shelly? Do you know? 6'3". Yeah, so he's pretty tall for 70. He would be tall for 78, I think, as well. Yeah, he, yeah, he would, yeah. He would be, he would be tall for yeah, I think Colin's a little bit taller, but still like that. Adam isn't going to be small in that division. No. I always felt like Adam was like the best because of his height before. And uh, then he started using his hands. <laughs> I was like, ah, it's not just the legs. <laughs> it's the hands yeah. as well. Yeah, he started doing uh, a good lot, of, uh, good lot of boxing. So he started doing some boxing. So that really improved his hands then as well. Yeah, a lot of Irish uh, national team members are doing boxing, aren't they? I think some of the girls are doing boxing. Jenny does boxing, yeah. She's the only one. Yeah, like I think I think Katie Katie Laffin has done maybe some boxing at at certain points, um, but like Jenny's the only one actually training like consistently. She does it through the through college. So, uh, yeah, she's really the only one. But, uh, like, the competitors do, like, I don't know. I know the both uh, Shelly brothers did kickboxing. Uh, and some other people did, like, Vakos, Irish Open. Uh, yeah. More, uh... Yeah, but a lot of those, they, they jump into the, the Irish Open pretty much every year. Um, but that's kind of, they wouldn't train in a kickboxing club. A lot of them train just in the Taekwondo club and enter the, the kickboxing tournaments. Yeah. You went but to a lot of tournaments, didn't you? Yeah, I went to uh, the World Cup in Budapest with uh, the German uh, German team. Yeah. How did that come about? Yeah, I got destroyed in points. Different world. <laughs> yeah, but in the Light contact, I got to this uh, quarterfinals against the winner from Guatemala or something. Strange. So, it was a fun experience. What weight division was that? Mine uh, was at 69. Yeah, 69. And how did you end up competing for Germany? Uh... <laughs> Well, I knew Alamin for a bit, and we don't have like kickboxing clubs in Bergen. Or we like, I think we have two, but 
I haven't trained in them on I don't know anyone who does. So I just asked Alamin if he was going to the World Cup. And uh he said yeah and I'm, he said I could join them if I wanted to compete for their uh, club. So it was a great experience. But they compete I think all the time in Waco and ITF. Yeah. They can get to they can get to countries pretty easy as well. They can drive. Yeah, it's pretty close to everything. Like in the middle. Yeah, we have to fly everywhere, so that kind of stops yeah. us going to <laughs> so so many tournaments. Yeah. But I think it's uh, good for ITF fighters to do Vaco as well. Get yeah. better with the hands and it's a good experience. Yeah, you see a lot of the the guys who do really well in Waco, especially light contact, are they tend to be guys who uh who are fairly good at Taekwondo as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alamin, Adam, Ryan, Timothy. Yeah. Colin. Especially Timothy. He's like four-time world champion in locals. Yeah. Yeah, he does nearly... He nearly does better in Waco than he does... Uh, Has he won world championship in sparring? Uh... Taekwondo. Not senior. not senior. He won the the worlds in twenty thirteen in Benidorm minus sixty two. So he hasn't won a uh, a senior yet. No, hasn't won senior yet. Yeah, yeah but he has like no. horrible draws. Yeah, I saw he his draws in uh, the worlds. It was like the best three people in the first round. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was, did he fought, he fought Bustamante first, wasn't it? And then he fought Julio. Yeah, Bustamante, then Julio. Yeah. But, I, yeah. but they all met each other as well in the Worlds in Ireland as well. They were all in the same, the same half. Yeah, they were, they were, uh, him and, uh, it was him, Timothy Bustamante, Julio, Timothy Bustamante, McGrath, and Rostick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that was it was crazy. That 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 half of that draw was a lot of good people. But Rostick went for Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his national, his. Originally from Ukraine, right? Yeah, yeah, he's from Ukraine. He's been yeah. like, but most of his, most of his life, he's been, uh, he's been in Ireland. But just uh, with the two guys, Luke and uh, Ryan, had the spot, so he ended up competing for Ukraine. So, well, he got the best of both worlds when you're like talking and sparring. You have Ukraine and Ireland. <laughs> yeah, he used to. I think. Um, he was telling a story before that he, like during the summers when he go back to Ukraine, he would train with uh, Katya and Oleg. So that's how he kind of knew them as well. They're from the same town. Oh. So I was like, he was getting good training here, but then when he was in Ukraine for training, he was getting good training there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have good uh, competitors in that club too, especially now. They have a lot of European and world champions. The uh, Solvay, uh, yeah, 
but they've they've really started like finding more finding more competitors you know before they were only bringing small teams but now they're bringing much bigger teams mm. like yeah. even um, I think it's as well because uh, Maximenko he has people from his club going to tournaments now yeah he was he used to be a Oleg student right yeah and now he has his own club so uh, he has more people so I think that's helped fit out their team yeah, yeah I, I think never got before. to see him compete yeah, he was. Um, he competed in the Euros in twenty twelve in Slovenia. He competed at minus seventy, and he fought. Tw- oh, he was in my white class. Yeah, um, I can't remember who he fought. I think it was the Polish guy. I Camille was his name. I can't remember his second name. It wasn't the uh, Dabolovsky. It's the Benedorm Camille. Yes. In yeah. Minus 70. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, he beat uh he beat Maximenko at the Euros in Slovenia in twenty twelve. Was he the champion in minus seventeen twenty twelve? No, he didn't win a uh Hong won the Hong won the division. It was actually minus seventy one. Oh, Hong won the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was him against uh Slovenian guy Rudolf Grega. Yeah, yeah, that was a great fight. Yeah, I saw I saw that fight actually yesterday on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It was it was a great. Fight. There was all the guys like because Gregor was from Maribor, so there was all his like he had guys around the. Do you know the arena in Slovenia, the windows? Yeah. Yeah, well, he there was guys with flares, so outside all the windows was just red smoke all the way around, as they were shouting Gregor, Gregor. It was crazy. It was crazy atmosphere. Like uh, football hooligans. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I heard a story about that. That he was like a football hooligan or something. I don't know if he was, but some of the guys that uh, came around to the tournament were like that. Had that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, he's my one of the guys I wish was still competing, so I could fight him. Gregor Rudolf. That would be a good fight because. You both like to fight. He looks like, a, yeah, he looks like a fighter, not like a tactical kind of guy. Yeah, I think he would. Uh, he'd struggle now at minus points. I think in the way Taekwondo is now. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, in so no in Maribor the Euros. Like in only minus seventy, I think like four people got disqualified. Like three people in the same ring. It was? It was like three people in the same ring. Like Oh. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I remember Camille got disqualified as well. When I got disqualified, I saw him get disqualified. And like, Ian got disqualified like, too. Ian got disqualified as well? Yeah. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> and I think somebody else got disqualified as well. It's yeah. It kind of ruined that division because like, there was a lot of good matches that were going to happen there. And uh, the disqualifications ruined it. Yeah, I think Zyk won that time. Yeah, against uh, the guy from uh, Bosnia. Bosnia, yeah. Well, he he was he was losing he was losing to Camille until Camille got disqualified. Yeah, Camille makes some bad decisions sometimes. <laughs> or, or the referee does. 
or they're three dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And do you feel like that um, not competing as a junior at the Euros of Worlds, you feel like it kind of set you back a small bit when you did come onto the national team? Would you have liked to have had a bit of a time as a junior? Yeah, of course you would. It wouldn't be negative. I think it only only. I think it like uh, considering like experience wise, not competing as junior was like my biggest mistake. Because I quit like taekwondo for two years. I think also after uh, after two thousand and twelve, I quit for like two years. So it's been very off and on. What what made you quit for that bit of time? Uh, I went to the army, so I was oh, kind really? of tired of taekwondo as well. So I wanted to do something else. How long did so you were you in the army for that f- full two years or? No, I was uh, in the army for one year. And then just got got bored of that as well. No, because we have like uh, we have like mandatory uh, service in Norway where you have to serve one year. Okay. So it was just that. So, but I wanted to join it as well. It's like it's they say it's mandatory, but you can you can get out of it if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Did they have that in um, like Russia as well in Chechnya? Have to do military service. Uh, well, I haven't been there for quite a while, and I moved from Chechnya when I was like six years old. So the army was never an option for me there. Yeah, but was it that kind of influence, maybe that your your kind of uh, heritage that kind of prompted you to want to join the army? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know, perhaps. But I have like a Russian citizenship as well. So if I went back there when I was 19 or 18, I think, I probably have to join the army, but stayed in Norway. <laughs> That's why you haven't been there for quite a few years. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> and uh, so they like, within the... Winning the Worlds in Germany is obviously your biggest achievement in uh, Taekwondo. Yeah. And, uh, how many matches? Did, how many matches did you have? Was it five, or did you have many, or did you happen to have six? In Germany. Yeah. Uh, I think I was supposed to have six, but the first match it was against someone from Tajikistan or something, and. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't meet up, so it was only five. Yeah, I had good matches there. Who did you? Who did you? Who did you fight? You fought Camille. I fought uh, Luca from uh, Italy, then oh, Camille, yeah. uh, and then I fought Ahmed. From Germany. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And Alamin's Al- brother. Yeah. And then someone from Russia, 
Alexander or something. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I only saw the I saw the guy. Yeah. He hasn't been at many championships. I think he's quite new, actually. He won the European Cup in Russia. Well, that was like a Russian championship. It's not really a European Cup. Yeah, it was more like a Russian <laughs> championship in Russia, in Sochi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, then I think it was uh, Nils in. Yeah, it was Nils in the final. Nils Knopf from Germany. Yeah, cool. So some good fights on the way today. The gold medal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, one of my, uh, I think, hardest competitions to date. What did you? Have I had, like, uh, I didn't. I didn't train for like three, four weeks before the championships because I had like a blood infection or something, uh, a virus. So I had to be on uh, antibiotics for three weeks. It was uh, it was twenty days to be exact. And on the first day of the championships, I was like done with my cure because we have to take like tablets each day yeah. for twenty days. Yeah, and I was done with like the last tablet on that day. So yeah. I was more like I didn't expect to win. I was just like, yeah, I'll just have fun, compete. And... Do you think that helped? Like taking a bit of pressure off yourself. Yeah. I always feel like when you're competing for fun, it's like those are the times that I do best. Like if I'm nor- nervous or stuff like that before championships, I only do feel like I do bad. Yeah. So it helps being, it helped having no pressure. And did you hurt your ankle against, was it your ankle or something against Camille? Because it was a bit of, you had yeah, to stop I twist my ankle. This my ankle, but yeah, you don't think too much of it. Like during the fight afterwards, you just like yeah. tape it up and fight along. And if you keep going, if you stop, then it, you start to take, start to get, like swell up and get sore, and you're like, yeah. oh, if you just keep going, it uh, sometimes yeah. it, it doesn't uh, affect you. Yeah, but it helps having like the semi-final and the final the next day I just, yeah I was just going to ask how did you how, what did you think of that because I was talking to Katrina Carr the other day and she kind of said that obviously she won as well so it didn't completely um, throw her off but she said she would have preferred if um, if it was all on the same day so what did, what did you think of that yeah I thought it was much better because like I got time to heal up uh, not but that much but it kind of helped on the injury and uh it helped like getting my mind off the competition and just relaxing and like thinking what I should do the next day and laying yeah. a plan instead of all happening on the same day. So for me, it was a huge, yeah, I think we should do that more often. But do you think it helped because you only had like competed on, maybe, I think it was maybe Friday? And then straight in Saturday, do you think you would feel different if you competed on the the Wednesday or the Thursday and then had to wait two or three days before you fought again? Yeah, I think that's too much. Yeah. Because yeah. that's only one day. Yeah, because I competed on the, the, the Friday evening. So I was like the last match on my ring. 
uh, or the second last match, sorry, and then Vitaly fought his quarterfinal. So that week we were the last ones on that ring, and then the tournament was finished for the day. So it was pretty much like compete, get on the bus, get some food, go to bed get up and then fight the next morning. So, you know, it all happened very quick. So I didn't have much time. So like that, it was pretty much rest up, go again. But I think like that, yeah, if you had a full day or like two days, three days to wait, it was like, no. So I kind of like, the way it was in Germany, I liked it, but I don't know, could I wait any longer than just the next day? Mm. Yeah. But I don't, is that the first time they have had it? Like they waited like for the second day? For the semi-finals in the finals? Uh, yeah, first time the first time I've seen it anyway. Like mm. uh, I've been around for quite a while, so <laughs> uh, yeah, first yeah. time I've seen it. Was it only with sparring? I don't think it was yeah. it patterns, was it? No, no, the patterns I think they ran that straight through. I think they ran that all on the same day. Yeah. I think not. I could be wrong, but I think they ran that on the same day. Hmm. What did you think of the world? Like you were on, I suppose you were on the center stage, but what did you think of having the, the semifinals and then the finals on the, the side rings around the. Yeah. I think every final and semifinal should be in the center ring. Yeah. Yeah. Especially me, because I like to watch the fights as well, like other people fighting. <laughs> but that was so. it. I thought, like, having them all, especially the finals, having them all on, like, at the same time, uh, rings around the side. I felt like, you know, yeah. if you were sitting back watching, like, you, you couldn't watch every final. You had to nearly pick and choose mm. which final because they were on at the same time and they weren't in rings next to each other or anything. So that's why I feel like moving all the finals to center and then, you know, yeah. announce, what, announce what division it is. This is the final of whatever section. And then everybody can watch and uh, appreciate the two people who made it to the final. Yeah. They should have like, uh, like they had in uh, Bosnia now, like I think they had in Maribor as well, like a show at the end of the day with everything in the centering, like the finals. That would be cool. The only thing with something like that is it just, it makes the day very long. Yeah, it doesn't have to be everything on the same day, but they could be like, they split it up in two days, like every final is fought like on Saturday and everything is in a centering. So. In Slovenia in 2012, they kind of had, it was nearly like a gala every night. It's like, so they, yeah. they, so they saved the finals, so they had maybe f four fights every evening, but it was mostly... Mm -hmm. You had to kind of get lucky and be against Slovenia in the final. <laughs> you had to get like uh, a place at the gala. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so like that. Uh, if you didn't, now there was a couple of there was some fights where Slovenia weren't in the final and uh, they put it on the center stage to just because it was going to be a good match. Like Dimitri, you know, you met the guy Dimitri and Tura. They uh, they had them in the final as well. Where in uh, Maribor? Yeah, in 2012. <laughs> so, oh, in 2012. Yeah, I thought we were oh. talking about uh, the last Euros in Maribor. No, the one before in Maribor. <laughs> they uh -huh. had, yeah, there was a finals night every every night, four or five fights, mostly with people from Slovenia in the finals. But uh, yeah, there was a couple of matches that were just going to be good matches, and they they left uh, they put that onto the, the kind of gala night at the end. Mm. 
Yeah. Minus 63 final. Yeah. They yeah. did that uh, uh, in 2017. Yours in 2017? It wasn't in Maribor. 2018 was Maribor. 18. Again. Yeah, 18. 18, yeah. 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 Then I had the minus 63 final there as well. At the gala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Luke McGrath and uh, the other Russian Mars. guy. Yeah. Davi something. He, was, he used to be 57 before. Yeah, he's a big boy for 57. He was 57 in uh, Scotland. He, oh, lost he was? To, yeah, he lost to uh, Tito. Tiziano Trimbley. Yeah, from uh, Italy. Yeah, he lost to him in the semi-final. Cause I, thought, I thought he was like, new, yeah, Russian guy. Oh, I I thought he was as well. I didn't really remember him until uh, it was Luke had said, "Oh, he fought in Scotland in 2015." Um, he reminded me. He reminded me. Then I kind of then I recognized him because I actually thought after I got to the final, I thought, "Oh, he's going to come through from the other side," because he beat um, he beat Yari as well, Yari Ramberg. And he he was yeah. after the final of the world, so I thought like this guy must this guy is obviously good. So I thought he's probably going to get through. And then I had seen then that, that Tito had came through, so uh, it was a bit of a change in game plan. <laughs> he doesn't compete anymore, does he? The Italian uh, guy. I haven't uh, seen him in quite a while. Uh, he didn't compete in 2019. Um, I think he's taking a break for the moment, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Seems like we're all taking a break at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> and uh, in Bosnia, you were saying you were going to switch to, to MMA. Is that still the plan? Yeah, I was thinking about it. And uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> uh, our trainers were like, uh, I don't know. It's a weird rule in Norway that you can't be on a national team and do MMA for some reason. So you would have to so, stop Taekwondo to go to MMA? Yeah. But MMA, did you say it wasn't, it's not legal in Norway, is that? Did you say that? Yeah, it's illegal in Norway. Like you can train MMA, but you can't compete in Norway. Yeah. So you, you have to like change? travel to Sweden and Denmark to fight. You think that will change anytime soon? I think so. Like boxing was illegal here as well for like three years ago. I thought it became legal. Full contact boxing. Really? Yeah. I thought boxing. And we have like a huge uh, Norwegian champion, Cecilia Bracus. Uh, yeah. in women's boxing and she fought like here in uh, Norway when it became legal I think it was like three four years ago what weight division uh, um, I think she had like four different uh, weight division type. I think she's She's world champion in 
welterweight. Oh, okay. I was wondering. So she's uh, she's she heavier than. Okay, so she's she's heavier than Katie Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say uh, maybe that could be a fight that could be made or something, you know, down the line. Um, but the, the different weights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was talking about fighting Holly Holm because uh, right. she be a world champion in boxing as well. Yeah. Do you think? Um, do you think? Do you think you eventually will go to MMA? I don't know. I think so. Maybe. Maybe not. I see. See if you can see if you can defend that world title first. Yeah. Maybe that's what I have to do. Two times world champion, and then go to then go to MMA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, uh, I don't know. I felt like uh, if I won the Euros, I would probably that would be enough for me as well. So. Yeah, win one of each. Yeah, <laughs> you have one of each, don't you? Yeah, one of each European ch- European champion, world champion. One so. in uh, Scotland. Scotland, yeah. That was I was in the final twice before that and uh, and lost. So, fight finally. You were in the final in Skövde in Sweden. Yeah, and then uh, Richione then as well. So, uh, so I had to I had to win the third time. <laughs> and uh, staying in minus fifty seven still. Oh yeah, for another bit of time anyway, and then maybe I'll go to sixty-three. Like, how much are you uh, like off season? Do you have to cut much weight? Right now, I'm about I think about sixty-six. Sixty-six. Yeah. I was. You have some <laughs> some weight to uh, touch. Yeah. Yeah. Before yours was cancelled, I was down at around. Uh, was well on track like I was down at 64 so um then I gave I was it was about six weeks so then I was because like I, I tried to get down to about 61 the week before and then the last week then is kind of the big way cut like you know the main water load and you know manipulate salt yeah. and fiber and carbs and you know get in this get, get the sweats on and Sweat, sweat off some weight and then finish with the sauna or whatever. So that was only last week. So I was, I was well on track to, to make it fairly, fairly handy. But uh, obviously it got called off. So I'm up, a, I'm up a little bit now. So Yeah, I remember seeing you in uh, Bosnia. Yeah. You were just taking the <laughs> elevator up or something. You and Thomas. Uh. That, was, um, that was my worst, like, that was my worst cut. Actually, I, ha- I probably had like, I had a bad cut in Finland, but I think that was like just wasn't really fully educated on how to do it well. And then so yeah. I just like did did it badly. I didn't have a lot to cut, I just did it badly. And um mm. then uh Bosnia, I just had a lot to cut. So that, that's why I was in a bad way. But we got through it. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing you. You you guys looked like you were dying. 
Uh, I couldn't even walk. I couldn't walk. Like I could only walk about five steps, and it was kind of like I really feel like I need to stop and take a break, and uh, yeah. get my breath back. But I hadn't. See, when we flew over as well, I hadn't slept. So we flew out like Monday night, Tuesday morning. So I didn't sleep on Monday, and then we were into yeah. Tuesday. So then it was into Tuesday night, and I hadn't slept all like at all. So I didn't sleep Tuesday night either. By the time the way, by the time I actually properly slept again, it was. I slept Sunday night and it was Wednesday night before I slept. I'd went Monday, Tuesday and all of Wednesday without sleeping. Cause, uh, obviously I was that because for... of the weight cut? Yeah. One day, but the first day I didn't sleep because so Monday night I didn't sleep because of when we were flying. And then Tuesday night I didn't sleep because like that I was just thirsty, hungry, couldn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like it was, it was get up every, I was getting up every hour. It's like, try and go to the toilet, see if I could squeeze a little bit out, step on the scales. Okay, I'm on weight. Go back to bed. Try and you know, toss and turn in bed for a little bit. Get up for it the next hour. Step on the scales. Okay, I'm still on weight. And I just did that for like 10 hours nearly. It felt like, it just felt like it was going on forever. At like six o'clock in the morning, Thomas Thomas and Owen, Owen O'Brien, like they came into they came into my room just to check they, they couldn't sleep either so they came in to, to check their weight to like am we still on weight like it was just it was a rough time yeah. so I wouldn't do it like that again but uh, okay it, I, I did what I had to do to make it you know yeah sometimes yeah that's what happens so I don't yeah. know like, like that was I don't know how like, you see some MMA guys cut so much weight it's just so hard like just yeah and they cut like six five kilos of water weight yeah on the same day on the same day yeah because like, i like that like i tend to be 61 the week before so it's like cutting four kilos across five days like they'd be coming and going like the day before i am 61 yeah. and i'm gonna cut those four kilos on the same day i'm like how can you do it like, just to spend that much time in the sauna or in a bath it's just no no way yeah yeah but like the mma guys are like extremists when it comes to weight cutting especially like like the bigger guys uh like paula costa you know what that is yeah. i think he was he fight 185 right yeah middleweight yeah yeah i think i read somewhere that he was like 218 to uh, 220 218 on the fight day so he gained like insanely amount of weight he's massive he's huge have you seen him now he's yeah. looking thick yeah he's very thick <laughs> did you see did you see him at the Joel Romero and Adesanya fight yeah 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 he was looking big wasn't he yeah he's, <laughs> he could probably do heavyweight <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely definitely well do you think over t- yeah actually yeah he's definitely He's definitely over 205, like. <laughs> Same with, uh, like, Romero. I don't... Like, if you compare, like, uh, like, Taekwondo guys and, like, welterweight guys, like, the sheer size of them, how much difference it is. It's insane. Yeah, but, like, you don't need to have... Like, their, like, body type doesn't really wouldn't suit really taekwondo yeah like the main reason they cut weight is because of wrestling 
yeah it doesn't make that much sense to be like if you weigh five kilos more than the other guy if it's only striking but if it's wrestling and you have to like keep him down and he's on top of you it's much harder yeah you think like think of someone like uh like tyron woodley like he's not built really he's not going to be kicking very well i don't think maybe powerful but inside yeah, in like, he's explosive, but yeah you see him picking up that front leg like attacking boom, 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 boom. <laughs> he's not going to be doing that like <laughs> yeah but that point fighting style seems to work in mma well i like taekwondo karate style it seems to work yeah. pretty good like stephen thompson yeah, like Stephen Thompson, uh, Raman Daniels, MVP. Yeah, I like Adesanya's style. He comes from kickboxing, not points kickboxing, but I love, I love his style. Yeah, he has a very like clean, crisp style. Yeah, never off balance. He's probably my favorite fighter at the moment. Is Adesanya? It's just that that style yeah. is just it's class. And, yeah, uh, I like Zabit actually. Sebi, yeah, he's yeah, another, he's not a cool style. Yeah, you like never lost. know what to expect when he's fighting. <laughs> could have lost his, if his last fight was five rounds. He could have lost. Yeah, you know what they say, like if you're explosive, like your weakness is stamina. The yeah. same with Connor, yeah. he's like super explosive, but like he doesn't have good stamina. Yeah, I guess it's like a trade-off, isn't it? It's like you can't be good at everything, so you have to. Yeah. Like you never see Nate Diaz have like uh, Tyron Woodley power. He <laughs> no. last 10, 50 rounds if he has to. I think as well, like you know, like you probably see yourself like like you know you said you're you're in that kind of playful style, and uh, that kind of playful mood. You'll nearly like you'll go a lot more rounds. Then if you're kind of all worked up and that, uh, you know, and I think like because you just kind of get in a bit of a flow, and I think they just get they just yeah, it's also it's about like they just stress stress yeah, the they just get in a flow like just they're just going to keep coming at you and just letting strikes go, not not powerful strikes, just keep hitting you over and over, and they don't stress about like if you hit me, uh, who cares? Yeah, my my eye is cut. Uh, who cares? They're just relaxed yeah. and keep coming forward. I think just get into that flow state of just keep walking forward and swinging strikes. Yeah. And, so they don't like you notice it very easily also in taekwondo when you're like fighting someone who's not like if you're instructing and you're like showing different exercises to your uh, students and you feel like play fighting with them you see how exhausted they get yeah when you're just like playing yeah and so like uh what is your kind of obviously before the injury and before coronavirus what was your what would your training schedule look like uh well i work a full time uh so after work i go to like uh strength training not because like i have to but i just enjoy training so i do yeah. that then i have uh instructions and uh then i do like taekwondo training then i go home sleep repeat the same day so you do that pretty much every day so you do taekwondo six days five six days a week i don't train taekwondo five six times a week but like 
uh, it was periods when I used to instruct like Monday and to Friday. Yeah. Almost every day. And then like you strength train five, five, six days a week as well. Yeah. And do you do what, like, do you program all that yourself or do you have kind of somebody who helps you? No, I just like off YouTube and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard to like work out when it comes to weights, I feel like. Especially nowadays, nowadays you can just like search up anything on YouTube or Google and it's right there for you. Yeah, that was kind of how, that was how I started, uh, into like when I first started uh, strength training was a lot of stuff off YouTube and uh, I think you kind of I kind of started with like you know you're more like YouTube or fitness people like you know uh, like, say Christian Guzman and some guys like that and yeah. uh, but then like as I got more into it then I kind of got more and towards like more scientific stuff like more people who were worrying less about making nice videos nice vlogs like and more like just putting out information about uh about training so uh i think that that's where like i got most of my like base on knowledge on how to uh and how to train yeah because you can find very different opinions uh, when it comes to strength uh strength training on uh, uh online so you don't quite know 100 percent sure what's correct and what's not but the middle <laughs> yeah in the middle somewhere <laughs> somewhere in the middle yeah and, uh, do you do much like uh, in terms of cardio stuff or anything for fitness? Uh, anything specific? Like the only cardio I do is taekwondo, I think. Yeah, so just spare rounds. Yeah, I hate running. <laughs> Last time I went for <laughs> run, in 2015, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't run either. Yeah, I would say if there's food. If there's food, I'll run. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like everyone says running is essential for like martial arts and fighting. Everyone says that. I know, yeah. I think it comes from the, the boxing idea of you have to... Yeah, they have like road work, so... And I think that's like even... They're kind of... I think they'd be like wrong to some degree like in terms of like, oh, you have to run to like, you know get your legs strong and have your legs under you. You have to run and it conditions the legs. I wouldn't think it's like the most effective way for even a boxer to condition their legs or like to stay, to be able to stay on their toes or anything like that. It's, it doesn't yeah. seem like it would be effective. So yeah, I don't run either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But boxing is more like, uh, it's, it's like science. I don't think like if you're strong, it doesn't help you anything in boxing. Like the science of getting hit, no, not getting hit and hitting is like, it's fascinating to watch actually. Yeah. Like I think it, like strength, I think does play a part, but like definitely not as, as much as like maybe like, like that maybe MMA does. It does in MMA. You still yeah. need to have good, you still need to have good skill. I think like, Maybe Deontay Wilder is the only one who could, was getting away for so long with not being very skillful and just having lots of power. But I don't think you get like, you, you don't be the best in the world at like the lower weight divisions by just having power. Yeah, you see that like Lomachenko. He doesn't. He's not known for having power. He just like 
just so skillful. What I think is crazy about his skill is that, like, the, the, the once you have like three stoppages, I think it's three stoppages, definitely two, but it could be, I think it's three, but guys just didn't get off the stool. They just went in the corner and just like, they weren't hurt or anything. They just went, no. Yeah, no Moschenko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just went, no, I'm, just, I'm, not having, I'm not having any more of that. Just, I'm just not coming out. I'm just going to sit here. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. I saw the interview of one guy he fought that gave up from uh, Jamaica, I think. And he said like, he didn't, he felt like he was just wasting time because he didn't feel like he was able to do anything. He was so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, Nicholas Nicholas Walters is uh, I think is his name. Yeah, Nicholas Walters. Yeah, he just gave up. <laughs> so the same at Rigondo. Yeah. And Rigondo is like Yeah, that was have... surprising. I didn't expect that to happen actually. Yeah. Just didn't come out, didn't come out for the what was it like the eleventh yeah. round? Was it no no more, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and he has power. So his arm like, was broken or something. Yeah. But he has power. Like when he lands, like he can he can hit hard. But he just even felt like I'm not going to hit him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that was the first time actually, like two Olympic gold medalists fought each other. Not two time Olympic gold medalists. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Regan Diaw has also too, I think. And uh, okay, did you see like Khabib and Tony is cancelled? It's not 100% cancelled, is it? Or is it like... Khabib can't get out of Russia. Ah, uh, bullshit. I think if they... If they get on to... Get on to if, they, if he wants to get, get out of Russia, Because they've apparently closed the borders. But I think get on to Putin and say, you know, we need to get this one guy out of Russia for a fight. I think he'd, uh, I think he'd pull a few strings. Yeah, of course they would. They don't care about <laughs> that stuff in Russia. So that's what I saw. Apparently, it's not going to happen, which... Yeah, they were talking about maybe uh, Gaethje fighting. I'm not interested in that anymore. It's like, just don't even bother having a, a card or a fight. Just just leave it until yeah. this all settles down. It's like, the only thing I was interested in seeing was Khabib and Tony. Like, other yeah. than that, just, just leave it off. Yeah, I heard the fight is cursed. The fifth time that this fight was supposed to happen and is getting cancelled. Who do, it's maybe a stupid question, but who do you think would win? Yeah, I thought Khabib would win, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know against Tony, because he's... I don't know, he's so... Like, you never know with that guy. Yeah, I thought Tony would win. I've been it saying is? it for years. Yeah, I've been, say, well, I've been saying it for like three years. I think Tony's the only guy who could be Khabib. With just his uh, like his forward pressure, he just keeps coming on, he keeps coming at you, and uh, even off then, like if you take him down, even off his back, he can throw elbows, he can throw up submissions. I think you know, just taking him down, he's going to be dangerous. And like Khabib, a couple of times you've seen it against Ali Quinta, he got a bit tired late, like it's a fight got later on, and McGregor won the third round against him, so he does tire a small bit. And I think you know, Tony, Tony gets stronger in the fourth and fifth round. Yeah. But I've seen him fight. Uh, I saw when he fought Kevin Lee uh, and some other wrestlers, uh, and he has a he struggles a lot when he's fighting wrestlers. Yeah, guys who are used to being on the ground and used to grappling. Yeah, but I just can't see myself like Khabib tapping. Like oh, I don't yeah. see myself Tony submitting him. 
No, but if he chokes him out, then. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I don't like. I don't see him getting caught in anything, except Dustin, like. Uh, well, Dustin Poirier had the guillotine. Eh, or did he? <laughs> I think he did for, for a split second. I thought. I thought he had it. I thought he was not that Khabib a tap, but I thought he had. A, I thought he might choke him out, and then Khabib kind of just adjusted and uh, managed to get his head out. But yeah, I thought for a split second, I thought Poria might choke him out here. Well, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad part. Yeah. Uh, I just hope this fight doesn't get cancelled. They could cancel everything, like the prelims, like the other fights. Just have like this one fight, specific fight happen. I think. Do you think? Like, I think it was Ryan. I was saying that. Do you think that like that would sum those guys up? Just those uh, two guys in a room, no crowd, just have a fight. <laughs> just have a they're camera both, on them. On yeah, they're like both the, the type of characters, you know, like like that seem like you know, like Khabib with the whole like you know send location and that like it's just. Yeah, they probably agreed to that as well. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, they're, they're those type of guys is like just look, just set up. Not even don't even need a ring. Like, we'll just have a we'll just have a fight. Just let's just go. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? They just yeah. they don't seem like, it, like the fact. Did you see that, the? Yeah. Did you see the last UFC event with no crowds? Yeah, that was so weird. Yeah, but I felt like that was better. Did like you, you could hear the shots landing and everything. Everything was so clear. There was yeah. no like background noise. But did you think the, the commentary was weird? I thought it was like they, you know they're they're like whispering for the commentary. Because <laughs> because like because in the ring they would be able to be able to hear them speaking. So you know like that's what if they're saying like oh what, what the the fighter needs to do like oh he needs to you know step over the leg here or whatever like the guys in the ring would hear that so like they kind of had to speak a little bit lower. And uh, I go, oh, that, a good job. Like I kind of prefer, you know, like Rogan going, oh. <laughs> when I'm fighting, I'm like one meter away from my coach, and I still can't hear what he's saying. You not hear him, no? Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I get used to. I'm. Yeah, is it always the same person who coaches you? At your Yeah, I only had, I only had a Villiers coach. Yeah. I think that helps because you get used to hearing that same voice. Like obviously, like Adrian's my coach, so you know after seventeen <laughs> years, you get used to you get used to hearing him. Yeah. Well, on like uh, I only have Billy as coach like on the national tournaments. Like no, I mean uh, with the national team tournaments, like the Euros and the Worlds. With everything else, I have like Espen. Espen as my coach. I think is he quiet in the chair? I, I think he will be quiet. So, yeah, but we have like a mutual understanding, like like what he wants to hear and what I want to hear. I just want to know the time and uh like the warnings. Okay. And when it's uh like when Willie is coaching, he's always like psyche, 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 psyche. Like Yeah. Like you win more if Willie is your coach, but uh it's nicer <laughs> to have Espen. It's more a laid-back uh, situation. <laughs> okay, so it depends on the tournament, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And how how often do um in Norway do you have national team trainings? Uh, 
once every six months, I think. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. We go once, but once every two weeks nearly here. Once every two weeks? Yeah. Really? In the lead up to a, in the lead up to a tournament, yeah. So like we started in January, had a squad session, and then it's pretty much every two weeks. Now there is there was a well actually there was about a month we had one in January and then we didn't have another one till February because we had like open Dutch it was I think the week after the first squad session and then the week after that was we had Munster Open so we had one of our national competitions and then it was the week after that so it was about three or four weeks of a gap between the squad sessions but after that then it pretty much works out at once every two weeks. Yeah, I think uh, leading up to competitions we have like once every two. Three months, I think. Like, if we're going to the Worlds, I think we have, like, two uh, two national team trainings before that. That's it. Yeah, but Norway's a lot bigger. Like, how long would it take you if you live in the north of Norway to get to the south? You know, how long would that take? Yeah, if you live in the north, it's quite a while. But, like, for me, to go to, like, Trondheim, it takes one hour with, fly- with the plane. So, it's not that much. Yeah. On a plane, yeah, but you can see in Ireland, you can pretty much drive anywhere in like drive, yeah, yeah, three hours. Much easier. So, like, if we go to like if the squad set, if the session is in Dublin from where we live, takes maybe just over two hours to drive, and like that, like so then, so like that's the most like we'd have to travel. So that's why everybody it's easier when it's anywhere uh, that close. But. I feel like the squad sessions help a lot then because like you get all the best people to get to come and train with each other and spar with each other. Yeah. But do you have like, uh, like do you have special, like on some days you only have like matching and sparring? Uh, we have like the squad session would have two sparring sessions and then there'll be a pattern session in there as well and then a team pattern session if there's going to be teams. This year, we, we weren't going to have team patterns this year. But uh, usually, there'd be a team pattern session there as well. Yeah. So you don't do like uh, exercise and stuff like that. So like the one session would be like you'd have like just sparring rounds. So just jump in, go and spare. The and, whole uh, session. Yeah. So about wow. hour and a half, hour and fifteen. But like we kind of build it up. So like the first squad session, you maybe do um, one. 90 second round so a minute and a half one 90 minute round and then both people go out and then like you just maybe do lots of them and then yeah like as the squad session moves on then like the maybe the next squad session you might do two one and a half minute rounds and we change up the rest time and eventually before the tournament then like the last squad session look to do get five rounds of two two minute rounds in so kind of we build it up that way so uh yeah so that's kind of one session and the other sparring session then is kind of like a kind of a mix between uh kind of some skill work and stuff like you know a bit more conditions by like oh one person has maybe psychic and turning kick and the other person has whatever shots you know that maybe interact there or else you know we maybe some then into maybe like there might be some point sparring or or maybe you have to score a combination with your hand you have to score a hand yeah. take, a foot take, something that way a bit more skill skill based it's kind of what tends to be in the second session, so that it's not just full on uh, kicking the shit out of each other. Do you have like tryouts for people like who are news, uh, new and supposed to come on a team? Yeah. Or do uh, like get invited from the national? Uh... 
nationals results or something? Uh, if kind of we use usually pick one of the tournaments. So sometimes it's you know you'd use the national championships that that person gets picked, or else sometimes it's one of the other national tournaments. Depending like if the tournament's in October, like for the worlds in Ireland, we used the Dublin Open. Uh, so like the tournament we have in uh, March to pick for the worlds that was like a selection competition. So if you won that, you got that you were selected, and then the the second and third spot are picked then by the coaches. So it's kind of how it goes. Sometimes yeah. then there's like a, f- a fight off at the squad session. Like if there's, especially you know, sometimes the third spot for juniors, it can be very hard, especially if there's new people to decide like, oh, well, who's going to be, who is better. So they come to the squad session and then sometimes they'll have a fight off with a couple of people and the coaches then will pick. But uh, yeah, like at senior, like a lot of the spots, you probably even see in Norway, they can nearly pick themselves to some degree at senior. Yeah. Mm. It's, like, it's a lot of the same people there isn't many new people coming in to take spots and like that with, with work and college like sometimes you know people drop out of one spot but then it gets filled and like that there's always a there's never like too much uh, argument over the senior spots where junior because you have the the three and so there's a lot more of them that can be uh, a bit trickier to pick yeah. who's the best it, junior on the team now best junior on the team um, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say uh, Camille yeah like the plus 75 uh, minus minus 75 yeah he fights me and Richie were saying the last squad, squad session he's very like um, like Adam to some degree like he's like yeah. Adam, Adam when Adam was kind of his last junior tournament he's he's very much has that he has that kind of style and like we said he's tall with a good front leg so <laughs> yeah he won of... now in the Euros didn't he yeah yeah to get, he beat another Irish guy in the final Bartosz they're from the same club Camille and Bartosz sounds very Polish to me <laughs> yeah yeah and uh there's another guy from their club. He got a he got bronze, and his name is Laird. He he's a oh. yeah Laird. Um, I can't remember his second name, but uh, yeah. So like they they were all good three guys, not very Irish names, but but like the Hong isn't a very Irish name either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, we have some good juniors. We have some very good juniors coming through. Um, even at the lighter weights, so. It's a shame yours got cancelled. To I think it would have been good for them. Yeah, who's the best senior then? Best senior. Ah, <laughs> uh, one of the girls. Is it you, Jamie? <laughs> not me, no. no, not me. It's one of the girls. <laughs> Sarah's won the most, so we go with Sarah. Sarah. She won the yours as well, right? Her and her sister. Yeah, Sarah's one of yours three years in a row now, and Worlds as well. I won a Worlds there, so she's the best senior. Did, she didn't win the Worlds uh, in Germany, did she? No, 2017. 2017. Yeah, I think it was someone from Germany who won. In, in Germany. 62. In Germany, yeah. 
Andrea Sinner, is her name? Someone from... Uh, I don't know. She fought uh, Urska in the final. Yeah, I think it's I think I think it's Andrea Sinner. I think that's her name. Maybe. It's probably I should know their names. Yeah. How do they um, how do they pick the team in Norway? Uh like the first stage is like national uh, the nationals. They look at the results from the nationals and stuff like that. And different uh like championships that you attend to and then you're invited to the national team training and I think we have like one session with everyone and the second session is like with the team who got picked okay and uh, well I was going to say then like it, it's only the team that could go to the squad sessions but you don't have many squad sessions so that's not really a really a thing yeah it's like the whole junior team is now uh, entirely new almost. So be a lot of new gen- juniors, but the senior team, well, the senior team is new as well. Or not new, but a lot of people have like quit Taekwondo or taken a break. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. We've actually been, we've actually been chatting for quite a while, but I have a, uh... Maybe I have two more questions before we kind of we, we could finish up. Um, I've been asking a couple of people recently. Uh, so, who's your uh, favorite fighter of all time? Any any combat sport, MMA, boxing, taekwondo, kickboxing, any combat sport, favorite fighter of all time? Uh, I think that would be, have to be. Uh, it's not taekwondo. Everything, right? Everything. Uh, I think that would have to actually be Fedor. Oh, nice. Different. You know what that is? Fedor Emelianenko, yeah. Yeah. And uh, any particular reason? Uh, it's, it's just the way like he acts. Like, like if you see his ring, ring entrance and stuff like that, he just walks out. There's no emotions on his face. And uh, he was undefeated quite a while. Uh, and he, it's kind of funny because he doesn't look like a fighter. He has like he has the yeah. ultimate dad bod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but he's like, like, yeah. And I remember seeing him fighting in Pride and stuff like that. Because then it looked like they didn't have any weight classes. It was like the biggest guys against the biggest guys. Yeah, and. He would submit or knock everyone out. Against the, like, he said, was just so calm. Up in Niguera, his brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Fedor, that's a different one. And uh, yeah. then the follow-up then to that is the fa- favorite fight of all time. Again, any any sport. Favorite fighter of all time. My favorite fight. Favorite fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pick. You have to pick. Sit down, and you have to. There's one fight you you have to you want to watch, or you can pick to watch. What are you going to pick? Uh, well, that was an easy question. <laughs> <laughs> it gets you thinking. Uh, yeah. 
I'll just pick some uh, recent fights and say uh, Paula Costa versus uh, Ruel Romero. Ooh, good fight. Good fight, yeah. No, no, no. I'll, claim my, I'll say Israel Adesanya versus Kevin Gaslam. I had a feeling when you said recent fights, I thought you were going to pick that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favourites as well. That is one of my favourites. We've had a, I've had a few, like, I, actually, I won't say who they are. Actually, no, I won't say. You'll have to listen to the podcast to find out what the other people said. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I listen to, uh, how many do we have now? The last one was Gillis. Uh, yeah, it was episode eight. Yeah. So they're, they're building up. We we'll have a couple of, I have another couple of lined up after this. Not today, but in the rest of the rest of the week. And uh, there's yeah. a few more that I recorded last week. So they're building up. We're back. We're back at it. So, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it's been good to have a chat. Yeah, it was a pleasure. That's good Thank to you. have you. Yeah. Um, Take care, man. You too. And uh, good luck with the Corona stuff. (laughs) I don't. I don't want any of that Corona stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, We're safe. We're young. Yeah, yeah. Just it's the family members you don't want to be giving it to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been good, man. And uh, like that, I hope you you stay stay healthy and recover. Thank you. Ready, ready to go in 2021. Yeah, I'll be back in 2021. <laughs> nice. The comeback. The comeback. But uh, yeah, go on, man. I will uh, leave it there, all right? Cheers. Yes, cheers. Bye.